Get ready. Three, two, one, zero. You are listening to the Fantasy Joe's Podcast. Fantasy Joe's Podcast. Your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on dynasty. And now, here are your hosts, Ryan Livergood, Trey Barrett, and Will Greenwood. That's right, we're the Fantasy Joes. This is Ryan here. A little disclaimer before we get into the episode. This was intended to be the Patreon-exclusive episode, but we liked it so much that we decided to put it out as the main show this week. So, hope you enjoy the show. Without further ado, let's get to it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Welcome to the Fancy Joe's Patreon show. That's right, we're back. I'm Ryan Livergood. Joining me, as always, we've got Trey Barrett, Will Greenwood. Guys. We're back. It's a great movie. There's your, there's your hot tip of the week. <laughs> what? It's what, animated what? about dinosaurs. What? You know, I'm going to go see the Grinch movie this weekend. I'm kind of excited. Uh, family saw it. Uh, said it was okay. They actually said it was really good. Have you seen the show Barry on HBO? Sorry, I'm going to throw us completely off on topic here, but let's go. Have you seen the show Barry on HBO? It's a Patreon show. We can talk about whatever the hell we want. We can even swear. Fuck yeah. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> it's awkward Whoa. swearing. <laughs> what, what movie is that? That's like, we can swear. <laughs> uh, oh, that didn't take long. <laughs> okay, I have a real question. Yeah. Where's your guys' value on Robert Woods right now? I was trying to grab Robert Woods in a dynasty league. Full PPR offered uh, T.Y. Hilton, and I, I, I basically just offered T.Y. Hilton plus something that was irrelevant to get the conversation started. Well, it was, it was Trenton Cannon, I mean, because Trenton Cannon is not really valuable, but this other dude's team sucks. So yeah, he, uh, he wanted, but uh, I was like, Hey, your I, team I, sucks. You might want another shitty player like Trent Cannon. No, <laughs> I said, I said in the notes of the trade, I said, Hey, I wanted to open up the trade. Do, what would I need to add to T.Y. Hilton? I'm trying to take the passive stance of saying like, Hey, I actually think T.Y. Hilton for Robert Woods isn't a bad offer, but I'm going to add this extra piece because in my mind, for some reason I had a hiccup that I can't just offer one for one wide receivers because that's not how trades work. But I was, you know, it, and uh, he countered with, T.Y. Hilton and Mark Ingram for Robert Woods in a full PPR. And I was like, I can't really do that with my team situation. But the, the, where I'm coming back with this, after offering a real-life hardcore example, yeah, were you guys on Robert Woods? Uh, like overall or like the equivalent of like what rookie, like, you know, what, what I would pay in rookie picks, maybe? So, yeah. Well, I, let's take I, a little look at our draft here. I don't know if I'm uh... – just off the top of my head, without really putting a lot of thought into it, I'm thinking he's worth probably like at least a mid-round first first round rookie pick, right? Because he's what is Robert Woods? Is he 26? He's in that offense. He's under contract for, um, I think at least a few more years. So he's okay. he's going to be really solid for the next couple of years. He's I think he's a valuable asset, and yeah, so at least uh, you know, you, you know, you're giving me. I think T. Y. Hilton and Mark Ingram is 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 fair. I, I mean, I think that's, that's probably even, I don't think I take that as a, okay, okay, okay. I What's think that? T.Y. Hilton's worth more than Robert Woods. I do too. I think, Likely. I think that, 
Well, but yeah, if you're yeah. but in, in that in that context, Trey, that this guy's a non-contender, right? His team sucks. So if his team is going to suck for the next couple of years. I'm just assuming, reading into the, the read between the lines of this this scenario, you know, T.Y. Hilton is isn't he 29? Um, so you know, like you know, Woods is going to be more available to him two three years from now than T.Y. Hilton. I think you're going to see, you know, theoretically, you're going to see the decline of T.Y. Hilton. I get nervous when receivers when receivers get 30, 31. So. That's where I'm coming well, from. Well, but I mean, but but he was willing to take T.Y. Hilton if he threw in Mark Ingram because Mark Ingram's kind of in the same boat. If if you're not competing this year, I mean, I, sure, Mark Ingram could end up. I, I don't know that I expect Mark Ingram back in um, in New Orleans next year. And I, I think part of his value is tied to the fact that he's in an explosive offense. So, you know, like if I'm not interested in T.Y. Hilton for Robert Woods, adding Mark Ingram wouldn't really – does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm just so so. Let's say uh, Robert Woods versus Amari Cooper right now. Oh, I'd say that's it's a landslide for me, Amari Cooper. Not yeah, even close. I, I, I think if I had Amari Cooper and you were going to trade me Robert Woods, I would want a mid 2019 first at the very least on top of Robert Woods to get Amari. I mean, but Amari's be a great subject in our uh, when we continue our our 2019 dynasty draft startup too. But I, yeah. Because Amari is going to—it's potentially the alpha dog, right? Well, I think that uh, I think Amari's got top twelve upside. I mean, he's, we, he's put two two one thousand yard seasons up in the NFL, and 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 realistically, I, I think that you know Robert Woods produces, but he's probably in like the twenty five to—he's probably in the mid twenties for me as far as wide receiver rankings, um, and, and he's third on his team for me. Like, I'd rather have Brandon Cooks. I'd rather have Cooper Cup. Than, than Robert Woods of the three of them. Um, so I, I like, you know, uh, Robert Woods is the guy that I, I like him, but, you know, th- and, and this is a terrible time to try to acquire him because down the stretch this year, he's going to probably produce more than he has likely unless Josh Reynolds really starts coming on. So this right. is an awful, this is an awful time to try to buy Robert Woods because you're going to pay an inflated price. Um, yeah, which is, which is a good pivot because this this was before last week's game before oh, okay. the cup went down. But yeah, I mean, Robert Woods. If you own Robert Woods right now, that's such a great asset. I'm going to try to acquire him in leagues that I feel like have <laughs> it's going to sound terrible, but like not not great fantasy players. If there's a not great fantasy player in a league that has Robert Woods, <laughs> you know, if I throw like AJ Green plus something good at like if I threw AJ Green and Mark Ingram at him, maybe he's going to take that. You know. Yeah, it, it's interesting, like guys like A.J. Green, Doug Baldwin. Yeah, So, T.Y., he's going to hit that 30 mark. It's November – oh, my gosh, guys. What is today? Today We're recording on November 14th. I think, actually, T.Y. Hilton just turned 29 years old today. So, happy birthday, T.Y. Do you know it's his birthday the 14th or not? It's the 14th, November 14th, 1989. Okay. So he's 29 today. I just pulled it up I'm like, wait a second, that's November 14th. So uh, I guess he's I gotta, not I got to put him in my hot takes. He's, it's, he's got that birthday boost. Yeah, the birthday boost. So You know what's crazy about Robert Woods? Is <laughs> his, his, uh, his current season is the most receiving yards he's ever had. I, know, actually, I looked it up to, to have the conversation about Robert Woods because he's going to hit 1,000. A, a and he might hit well over a thousand. Yeah, I mean he's probably on, on track for you know twelve hundred or thirteen hundred yards. But I'm no I, mathematician, but he's played ten games and has <laughs> caught eight hundred and thirty-two yards. So he's averaging like what eighty-three point two yards a game, something like that. 
Maybe carry the one. Yeah, he's um, yeah, like Trey, like you said, he's going to be a tough, tough guy to acquire. Maybe you get some help if if someone needs players during the bye week. But I don't know if that, that works in dynasty leagues since he's going to be on bye. Um, d- d- does that help? Like get a get a conversation going? It might, I guess, with certain owners. But I doubt Cooper it. Cup, Cooper Cup's the guy to acquire now that he's now that he's out for the year. Yeah, I, I think people are sort of really high on Cooper Cup, and people got to be motivated. I, I, Trey, you probably saw I sold Cooper Cup in, uh, in No Name League to make some other upgrades because that's you know I want I want to win now, and I wanted to try to solidify my weaknesses on that team. I, I didn't, didn't actually. Yeah. yeah. What'd you, so what did you sell him for? This would be curious. So, so I sold uh, Cooper Cup, and no, it was this Cooper? Uh, let's see. Um, I'm trying to think who else I sold with that deal. Gosh, I got to look it up now. Um, but, the, but basically, the, the big returns uh, – oh, Cooper Cup, Josh Allen, and a 2019 third for Mitchell Trubisky and MVS. Hmm. And, I, and I think, like, if anyone listens to this, they're going to be like, oh, Ryan lost that deal because, like, in a vacuum, I did. But for me, I, my quarterback situation is pretty dicey in that league. It's 14 teams. I've got Matthew Stafford, who I'm really worried about. It's not dicey. It's uh, horrible right now. It's <laughs> Matthew Stafford, Derek Carr – at Tyra Taylor, and then I had Josh Allen. So I was like, man, I need a quarterback to help me down the stretch here. And I, and I like Mitch Trubisky. I'm a Bears fan. So for me, there was that. I don't like selling Cooper Cup, but, you know, I, he wasn't going to win me a championship this year, so help me solidify a weakness on my team. And MVS has some value. I also have Devontae Adams, so it's kind of like a, since a handcuff of, God forbid, something happens to Adams, you know, M, you know MVS probably sees a spike in production so I can plug him in. So that was my, my thinking. So it's something to Nathan Powell. And um, Nathan's happy. I'm happy. Um, I, I, so well, I think long term he probably wins the deal. I think short term it helps me this year. So, so yeah, but, but, that, but that's what I mean. Like for me, like I'm a contender. I lost him. So it, you know, for me, if I really want to go for it strong this year, I'll sell him. Otherwise, why, why would you sell Cooper Cup if you have him? I mean, what's your motivation to, to sell him? You know. Well, you, I mean, but, but you just, I mean, how many other teams, because Cooper Cup's been producing quite well, the games he's played, he's been really good. So I think that, um, you know, that was a perfect example, Ryan, like, you, you know, because you uh, didn't ideally want to sell him, but if you're a strong contender and you just lost him, you're probably willing to sell him at a discount and someone that's not a contender, um, you know, it's that's the time to buy. You know, immediately after the injury is when it's the time to buy these guys. So, I mean, you know, think about the discount <clears> that people got on, you know, Dalvin Cook earlier this year and, you know, Leonard Fournette. And, I mean, you know, you just go down the list of, of guys that get injured and, and miss some time. And so that's why I it, it couldn't hurt, you know, to put some feelers out on Cooper Cup. He's a guy I love moving forward. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. And that's that is – you're right, the ideal time. Find a contender that lost him, and that's when you're going to – a guy that uh, like that like me like a week or two ago he asked me about Cooper Cup I'm like yeah forget it I love Cooper Cup and now I'm like hmm I've got a I got a definitive weakness on my team I can shore up here yeah I'll move him why not so absolutely and, and I I think that's a strategy you hear about all the time but a lot of, a lot of people don't don't execute that strategy for whatever reason I mean you got to take the time to pay attention but yeah there's like every league you're in Cooper Cup is on a team and he's he's injured and he's worthless to that owner at least for the remainder of the year yeah why not. Yeah, just like Le'Veon Bell, man. I, I think, you know, now could be an excellent time to go buy Le'Veon Bell. I think that his price will never be lower than it is right now. 
There's never been a better time to buy. The disappointment. Except when he's like 31. Because two, two or three weeks, you know, two or three weeks ago, I think that even though you could have bought him, you know, I was shopping him a week or two ago on Dynasty teams. But yeah, yeah. and, and I, you know, I'm I I've resolved myself that the two the two leagues where I own him, where I you know consider myself to be either contender or at least potential to make the playoffs, and anything can happen. Um, you know, I, I just have resigned myself to the fact that I'm not gonna I'm not just gonna sell him for you know 75 cents on the dollar at this point. You know, I feel like he'll be a, a dynamic asset next year. And, and so I am not going to sell low, but I, you know, just like your Cooper Cup trade, I mean, you know, I don't think it was a massive undersell, but, you know, I think that there could be some real opportunities out there because now the door's completely shut, right? Two weeks ago, everybody that owned Le'Veon Bell and Dynasty and Redraft was kind of like, you know, planning for the worst, but hoping for the best. They were hoping he was going to come back. Now that that door has been completely shut, and you know for a fact he is not playing this year, his his price just dropped a little more. And so that's a that's a guy I'd be. I mean, you know, we'll, you know, talking about our our mock draft that we're gonna. I mean, we're gonna discuss tonight in the in the big show. I mean, you know, the guy went uh, what 16th overall in a super flex league. So I mean. There, there's still significant value there. And, uh, you, you know, the discount is there right now. Well, it's, the, it's the, the, the thing that I get into discussions with is how much are you going to pay for current production and the rest of this year? Because that means a lot with running backs. And I tried to buy Le'Veon Bell earlier, and they were like, well, uh, he's going to be a three-down back next year. And I was like, yeah, that's great for next year. You know, if, if, you, if you don't want – if like earlier, if you didn't want a Leonard Fournette who was hurt and could come back, and that's not the perfect, uh, uh, you know, scenario. But when, when you come to me with a trade and I'm losing, I'm not going to sell you current production. It's for future potential production and where Le'Veon Bell lands. It's the same thing with Tevin Coleman. It's kind of a philosophy of like, I'm not paying up for that. I'll, I'll, I'll pay you what I think is market price, but I also am going to factor in how much it hurts me as a team and, and, you know, what, what it's also the value to you for winning, like you winning the league this year means a lot more than me than finishing eighth place, you know, overall. And it just doesn't, if, if I don't think that the trade is going to benefit me more than eighth overall next year, I'm not going to do it. And this came up uh, just, just like slightly, uh, we were talking about like Kareem Hunt, you know, Le'Veon Bell trade, but it also came up uh, before in like an Empire League conversations and there's, there's one, two quarterback Empire League and two tight end. It's super flex and two tight ends. And I missed Trubisky, and I was trying to sell him for, like, Jimmy Garoppolo and, Dar- you know, Darius Geis for a guy who wants to be a contender. He's like, well, they're better. And I was like, yeah, I mean, that's fine. But if you win this year in an Empire League, that matters more to the risk for next year than what it does for me to just hold on to Trubisky. Like, let's not forget that. I just think it's an interesting conversation. We work with so many different values. And so many different things with what we're doing. If I could win a championship and I have Le'Veon Bell, I'll sell, let's say, like, I'll sell 80 cents on the dollar. And I'll sell Le'Veon Bell for the future if I think that running back puts me over the top for the victory this year. And that includes a guy like Kareem Hunt where, yeah, you're going to miss the bye week, but you're probably already playoff set if you have a really good team. And then Kareem Hunt has been an absolute stud outside of that. I, and I think we all have that philosophy where we're all, I think we're all pretty super, super aggressive for leagues where we feel like we have serious contenders. And even in leagues where maybe I don't have the strongest team, if, if you know, if I'm playoff bound, 
most of the time I'm going to lean towards being aggressive and, and making some deals because uh, because we play this for fun too. And you know, I I, I want to win, and you know, I want to take my shots, and you just you just never know what's going to happen. So I, I yeah, I think that's a good conversation. But there will like that conversation you had, Will, with that owner. Like these guys are yeah, they're injured, but they're more valuable long term. There are just some dynasty owners that feel that way. It's like you know, these guys are more valuable long term. This is dynasty. I don't want to give up that value. I'm not going to sell them for anything less than what I think they're worth, you know, according to these, you know, dynasty ADP, darn it. Um, and, that, and that's fine. Everyone has a different philosophy, but I, I think if you're, if you're close, most of the time you should be aggressive, not always, but most of the time you should be aggressive. I think it's very it's rare. That you- it's a mix. Don't forget when you're selling players too, that it affects the rest of the league and the way the dynamic works. Don't just give up uh, somebody who could marginally benefit you in an empire league when it makes somebody a, a complete empire. Don't like this came up in our chat a little bit. Don't, don't sell Travis Kelsey to a guy, to a team, to a team that has Saquon Barkley, Joe Mixon, Melvin Gordon, and really good wide receivers and quarterbacks for next year. Who's favored to win this year. Don't, don't give somebody that tight end one unless they're willing to pay for it. Like make sure it benefits you more in the league that you can continue being a part of that league than just initially in like one or two years, you know? Think think about things as a whole, it actually matters. Yeah, and I think that's applicable certainly to an Empire League, but also to a Dynasty League as well. Like if you want to, you know, if you want to be a contender, you you need to think about who you're going up against and what that, what does that deal do to that other team that like, you know, your your productive struggle and the other team is dominant. Well, if you sell them a guy like Kelsey, does that make them dominant for like two, three, four more years where maybe your team will get strong? But I mean, I know it's hard to see that far in the future. Maybe that's impossible, but yeah. I always think about that. I don't necessarily just trade with everybody in the league. I want to be, I want to be strategic about who I trade with. So, um, you know. You know, while we're talking about trading, this is the time of year that if you're not tra- – you should be either trading draft picks or acquiring draft picks. And I don't it's, – it's kind of funny. In a lot of leagues this year, um, in a lot of dynasty leagues, I've traded my first-round pick because I'm contenders in those leagues and I have uh, just gotten to the point where I I don't, I I think that there is uh, a time and a place to buy draft picks and sell draft picks. Uh, But I think that, you know, right now you have got to know whether you're a contender or not. And if you are not a contender, start moving guy. T Y Hilton is a great example. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald, you know, has had back to back weeks of double digit targets. Like, Get out. I don't care if it's a late, I don't care if it's a late second. I mean, I, I'm dead serious. Like right. if you've got a Greg Olson, if you've got, I mean, get a second round pick, get a third round pick. I, I am one that kind of devalues third round picks. Cause if you go back and look, the hit rate of third round picks is just so, so small. But when you're on the clock at, when someone's on the clock at two Oh three and you're at two Oh six and that guy that you had a late first grade on has dropped to two Oh three, you're going to be so glad you have two third round picks where you can say, dude, I'll give you 208, 303, and 310 for 203. And they're like, heck yeah, I'll take two-thirds to move back five spots. Right. You get your guy that was a late first value because you ask for you, – you move or, – or if you're trading guys, ask for a third thrown in. I mean, there were – I you know, I, we, we've talked this, – this example ad nauseum, but I got Josh Rosen last year in a super flex league at like the 203, and, and I traded my second this year. And the you know two eleven that I had last year for that pick, but it was a no brainer for me because I had like a one hundred five or one hundred six grade on Josh Rosen. So 
you know, I, for me to give up a late second and a late second the following year to get a guy I had in the mid first was a no brainer. So just right now is the time to get, I promise you teams that are contending right now could care less about their second and third round picks. Their first may be a little harder to come by, but man, I mean, I, I traded for AJ Green a couple weeks ago, right right after he got hurt actually, and I didn't even know he'd gotten hurt. But I gave him a late first, and I was willing to give my late second. But I started with my first and third, and threw in Geronimo Allison, and and we worked the deal out. I was if the guy had said no, I want your he could have said I want your first, second, third, and Geronimo Allison. I would have said done, but he didn't, and so he didn't get the second. You know, so just I, I, you, there are opportunities right now. And I can tell you as someone, you know, for someone that is a contender in quite a few leagues, I have sold my draft picks. And the thought of getting that championship makes those draft picks seem so much worth so much le- worth so much less than they really are in my eyes. So, yeah, you know, I've, I know we've talked about it. Well, I think you've talked about the you're interested in acquiring 2019 uh, draft picks, but I've been listening to, you know, some of the draft guys following this class and, if you look at some of the mocks, I'm just, I, I know we've got some really like exciting wide receivers, you know, that we're potentially excited about some potential studs, but I'm not nearly as excited about this, these rookies in 2019 as I was with the 2018 class, 2017 class. And that's probably because there's a lack of the, you know, a couple of potentially good running backs and quarterbacks. So yeah, I, I'm even more aggressive, Trey, wanting to trade those, especially for contenders, those uh, 2019, um, picks because I, I don't think the class is going to be as good not that you're not going to want to have some of those picks not that there are going to be some studs that come out of that but yeah I, I'm not nearly as excited and then 2020 um, once again you know, listening to the experts that really do this stuff 2020 is, is loaded with some really exciting running backs and quarterbacks so, and you know so well, but, well what, do you, what do you think this is my concept on that is the draft volume or draft hype is going to only get higher as we approach the actual draft we're still going to watch the same combine we have the same uh you know senior bowl shrine game everything that you want to see so yeah the 2019 class right now is is getting kind of poo-pooed on and if you know somebody's listening to dynasty podcasts this is a buy low time for draft picks they're going to increase in value if you're not contending buy low now on the draft picks and see what you and then when that comes around and these alpha dog wide receivers run, you know, in the four fours and they're six, three, six, four, they have huge verticals and they go to good spots. They're only going to go, but that, that, that opportunity no. is there and you're going to pay low for that right now. Right. And, and a couple of the trap on the opposite end of this of selling draft picks, then buying them back at a premium. So the, the whole like uh, dynasty community, somehow it, they're, they're low on 2019 and I, I kind of get it, but I also think we're going to see some some players go in some great spots. Like even even the Iowa State, like David Montgomery from Iowa State is a running back. They, Iowa State hasn't been good. They're finally getting ranked. He's finally getting showcased a little bit more, but uh, he, he's not putting up the same stat, like you know PFF stats that he did last year. Well, when he goes in the second round to a team that is running back needy, that first round draft pick is going to be massively valuable, and you're going to have a couple of the running backs that have that. And you're going to get more value then than you are now if you're not a contender. Yeah, no, and I, I totally see that philosophy, and and I, I I don't completely disagree with it. I just think as I don't know this year, I'm I'm just more I, I I don't feel as bad about giving up a 2019 first round pick as in past years because I know 
that the, the, this class doesn't look as good. And the other thing too, if you're a contender, will you give up that that pick? It's going to be late. So I think the I think the you know first six, seven, eight picks are going to be really exciting. But I don't know how exciting that late first round is going to be. I'm sure there'll be some guys that will turn out to be studs. Of course, there always are. But are, you know, do, am I confident enough in my ability to identify that player? Certainly not. I mean, yeah. Well, given the draft <laughs> class that produced Michael Thomas, you know, where did he go yeah. in the, that rookie class? And I, again, an, an anomaly. Or, or Tyreek Hill, or players like that. And the more you get into Dynasty, the more educated you are, the more you can take advantage of a situation like this when you have very few people evaluating the 2019 draft class. And the people that you do, they're not, they're not overly high on it, but you're going to have, a, a, at least at running backs, you're probably going to have three running backs that are going to be worth top you know, seven picks that aren't even being talked about overly heavily right now. They're going to land in good spots. Like, uh, what, if, what if Philadelphia doesn't sign a player and they just draft somebody in the second round and it's a three down potential back. Like what if they, what if they draft David Montgomery in the second round? Doesn't matter. Okay. Three down, three down backs are not happening in Philly. I mean, I don't, I yeah. don't disagree. I, I think, I think three, I think three running backs are probably going to be taken in the first round. I'm thinking super flex because I'm thinking, you know, you got, you're going to have two quarterbacks in the first round and you're going to have a tight end. I believe Noah Fant will be a first round rookie pick in fantasy. I think, I think, you know, there will be some landing spots, but I think that the running back class here, here's where the running back class, and will you, you're, you're right in one in one facet, in my opinion, at least, I think that there are going to be some good running back values, but I think they're going to be in the second round of rookie drafts. I think that you, you know, this, this last year, you know, there were some real good values at the beginning of the second round of, of fantasy drafts. And super flex leagues, of course. I think that there's, you know, th- this quarterback class um, that's coming out this year has some kind of sneaky values. Um, guys like uh, Will Greer uh, at West Virginia, Drew Locke from Missouri, and Ryan Finley from NC State are all three guys that I think could end up being like second or third round picks or, or might even go up into the first round to, to some of these quarterback needy teams, these teams with aging, aging veterans. And so, I think that there could be some some quarterback values there in the second round. We all know how how valuable starting quarterbacks are in super flex leagues. But I think that you've got a group of about three or four running backs that are going to be available in the early second round and mid-second round that, you know, if people become enamored. There's also a couple other tight ends. I just, I just think that the second round and, and maybe even the third round of, of – of, um, fantasy drafts next year and rookie drafts are going to have some real values. I think that there's a little bit of depth to this class. I think that there's, and it's so early because there's guys that we think are going to come out that may not come out. There's guys that we, you know, maybe not even heard of that are going to just blow up the, the, the last part of the season and, and really come on strong. Um, you know, there's some guys like, um, the, uh, the running back Anderson out of, uh, Rodney Anderson out of Oklahoma who got hurt this year. And, you know, he's probably going to be devalued a little bit. He could fall down into the second round potentially. And, you know, the, the team could take a chance on him. Um, so anyway, I, I just think if you look, I mean, who are the rookies this year other than like Saquon Barkley, you know, some of the, the rookies that have established themselves as having the most value really have been these running backs that, that people weren't even really looking at, you know, Tariq Cohen last year, Philip Lindsay this year guys that just kind of go into to nice spots that were, I mean, I don't even know if those guys were being drafted in, in rookie drafts. 
if they were, you know, it was late. So, you know, th there's always going to be some values there. So I, I think having extra, extra second and third round picks, it's just extra dart throws. Plus, again, it gives you the opportunity to move up. You know, if you keep your first and you've got two seconds, it's going to make it easier. If you, if you love a David Montgomery, he's on the clock at 107 or 108 and you're at 111, you know, you got a couple second round picks and, you know, whoever's sitting at 107 or 108, you know, needs to build a little bit of depth. The, the, those extra picks that you acquired being shrewd in trades may just be the ammunition you need to, to move up and, and grab that guy. It's interesting. I'm looking at like Walter football at, at like a mock draft and the, the, this, this class, I mean, 2019 it just loaded. Like if, if you're in an IDP league, there's just so many great defensive players in this draft class. And there's, there just aren't a lot of offensive players that are going to get picked in the first, uh, you know, uh, first, you know, couple of days of the draft and, and certainly not very many running backs, sure, sure, some wide receivers. Sure. But in the first round, you know, they're projecting three quarterbacks to go. Um, a wide receiver, a tight end. So, uh, yeah, I, I just, uh, you know, just, just looking at draft capital and the correlation between draft capital and what you guys produce in the NFL, I, it's, it's hard for me to get too terribly excited about 2019. Um, yeah, so League. I, had to, I had to find it real, real quick. For our Nick Whalen episode last year, and for what we know about rookies now, for moving into the next year. <laughs> oh, God, this will be good. And we're, we're better now <laughs> than we were last year. And I, I – I, Completely stand by that, that we have become better fantasy, quote unquote, like analysts or researchers or fanalists. We're fanalists, man. Uh, so last year, obviously, Saquon Barkley, Trey, great, great. There we great, go. See, we, we nailed the fantasy Joe's nailed the 101. Come on. Honestly, at, the, at that time, the 101 was, was uh, a little bit, it was debated heavily, I believe. <laughs> uh, then Geis. So Jerry's Geis, 102, does, does, you know, great. Hey, standard pick, standard pick. Hurt, so, you know. nice and safe. It's a safe pick now because you never know. Right. Uh, let's go. Then 103 is Cortland Sutton. Hey, that's not bad. Not bad. It looks so much better than it did at the beginning of the year. <laughs> that's a, uh, but Cortland Sutton no, looks it like a stud. Like, no, it does not. Well, okay. No. I made that pick, and Nick Whalen was on the show, so some of it was playing up to our yeah. guest, Nick Whalen. So yeah, but Cortland Sutton, uh, if, if you Trey, if you have Cortland Sutton in any of the leagues, we're in, I'll, I'll trade you my 2019 first. If, if, but if uh, we're redoing, if we're repicking rookies, so here right we go. Now, no, I want to. So this round. is later in the year, though. I just want to say right now what we know. What we know, the, the right? What we because that was this. This is before. Right. That to say that the 2018 class is this bad is what we're hearing because also the 2018 class wasn't going to be yeah. that. We traded up for picks in this class. It went Ronald Jones, Bryce Love, who didn't even come out, James Washington, <laughs> Calvin Ridley, Auden Tate, who was hyped at this point, Nick Chubb, by Equinemius St. Brown, Caleb Blas, Rashad Penny. So what I'm saying right now is your best gamble, if, you're, if you can get like mid-2019 picks cheap right now, this is the cheapest they'll be with how much people are hating on that yeah. class. And then when the rookie picks come, people get impatient and will pay for them. That's my end goal of that is saying it doesn't yeah. matter what players they are. I'm talking about valleys in general on those first round picks. And I've sold 2019 first round picks because I'm, I'm addicted to contending. Now. <laughs> and that's my own fault. But if I were, if I have a team that isn't doing well and it's and take empire leagues out of it. Yeah. I'm trying to scoop up 2019 picks anywhere I can for, for well, a decent value. Give me that 2019 first round pick for, and then maybe like a young Give me 2019 first and John Ross for Doug Baldwin. Something like that. The other thing, too, which you point out, even if you just hate the 2019 class, 
you get those those draft picks now and you're right will i mean this is common sense dynasty you know 101 those picks do go up as you get close to the draft because there will be guys that get totally hyped someone has a big combine and uh, they get hyped up and people get excited about them you know people listen to um, you know, Roto Underworld and Matt Kelly is hyping up a guy because of his, you know, his intangibles. That, that then they get excited and then like they want to get this pick. So you're you're definitely right about that. I mean, it's a great investment because you know, if you get an aging guy, you want to sell, sell him for a first round pick. That pick is only going to go up in value. There's no, I mean, no question. You can just hate this class, think it's garbage. That pick's going to rise and rise and rise and rise. And then on draft day, you can you can cash out. So that's that's definitely good. Good wisdom. So hey I think, guys, I'm, I'm actually pretty excited for the values and that you can get in next, next year's class. But that's also saying that like, it's kind of, I mean, uh, compared to like this year's class and last year's, it just seems not as, not as intriguing, but I think we're going to get there boys. I hope so. I hope so. So guys, we talked about, you know, kind of making this show a shorter Patreon show because what we're doing is we're doing this. Um, we're recording two shows tonight. Essentially. We're going to try anyway. Because Thanksgiving's next week, we got families coming to town. We, you know, we we want to kind of take the week off for ourselves. So we're going to record a ginormous show, big show tonight, and then chop it up into two shows. So we're going to make this one short. We probably won't have a Patreon show next week. Maybe we'll jump on and do a quick recording or something. What we're that's you know to be determined. So, so should we call that. this like the the Blue Whale Show? Because I'll give you a little bit of a you know the fantasy footballers call it the Megalodon, but. Do you want to know what the biggest animal is to have ever lived on planet Earth? <laughs> Boom. Blue whale. There's some Patreon knowledge for you. There's something that's a fun fact because some of you are like, oh, it's some sort of dinosaur. No, it's the blue whale. It's literally most by mass is the biggest animal to have ever lived on the planet Earth. So, so, so the blue I like whale. it. That's a good way to end. Unless we want to do we want to do moments let down, so we want to do any DFS takes on the patreon show before we get into the big show we can save it for the big show if you want try you got a smoking hot dfs hot take which you might want to just save for the beginning of the next show i don't know yeah i'll hold on to it okay and, and i'll just say let down i i i i don't think i'm gonna say this in the big show i'll, I'll just say it here for cody parkey just that can't really be a big let down though right no it just just it's not it's not even like a let down i mean the bears won so it's not so much a let down but it was like unbelievable hitting the upright four times i mean like i don't know that like you could take uh, the best you know justin tucker and say hey i want you to kick from these four spots on the field and hit the upright you know four times in a row i mean he probably could do it but it would take him a lot of tries right i mean just mm-hmm. it'd take him three tries you think so yeah he'd bounce one upright off and hit the other one just for one of the tries <laughs> maybe so i mean those guys are good i mean t- maybe justin tucker's not the best example i don't know i should take some middling you know uh, kicker but anyway, it doesn't matter. I just thought that was well, – and I'm glad it didn't kill the Bears. And the Bears dominated Detroit, so it didn't matter so much. But, man, that was just – that was so weird. So Hopefully the kid will drive down there some evening this week and, and practice so he doesn't blow it against Minnesota. Um, that's, that's the thing I worry about the most. Again, the Minnesota-Chicago game, I worry about Cody Parkey. <laughs> There's a big kick. If it comes down to the end, the Bears are down by two. They need a kick to win or down by one. I, I'm not I'm not. It won't be optimistic. that close. It's fine. Yeah, you're right. The Bears should win by about 17. I would agree. It's funny because I actually just literally pulled up Twitter while you're talking. Yeah. And he is, uh, there was a tweet, someone tweeted a picture of him practicing field goals. At Soldier Field? Yeah. No, he practices on uh, the Viking, at the Viking Stadium. 
no, no. The I'm reason I kidding. say that, you know, they asked him, they asked him this week, early in the week or after the press conference at the game, like, so do you think it would be uh, beneficial to go down to Soldier Field this week and, and practice kicks there in that environment? And he's like, no, no, I'm not going to do that. That's not part of my routine. So he basically said he wasn't going to do it. Apparently, that's right now. It says confirmed by at WGN News. Cody Parkey is practicing at Soldier, Soldier Field. He just made a field goal. This was two hours ago. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's posted by oh, some man. Chris, Chris Emma. Yeah. I mean, it's. Well, so. it, make, it makes sense to do it, right? Especially a night game. He's, he's never kicked at Soldier Field at night. Why, why not? Uh, why not do I'd it? Actually, I mean, unless the grass is cut some different length than the practice field, how would that make a difference? The kicker's not looking up at the field goal post as he's kicking that as he's aiming it. Did they just sign it's him? All, it's all on. No, they, no. They, he's one of, I think he's like the third highest pick kicker in the league. Uh, you know, so the Bears, once they got rid of Robbie, uh, Robbie Golday had to um, fill that hole, and, they, and it's been a problem. So they went out and signed him because he, the first couple of years of his career, he was a pretty solid kicker. But this year he has not been. So no, 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 no. He's and that, that's the thing we talked to people talked about <laughs> cutting him, but you've got so much invested in this guy. You know, <laughs> it's kind of like when you draft a team. You, you let's say you drafted the Jacksonville Jaguars defense for your your fantasy team, where you still use DSTs. Uh, you probably still have them, even though they're ranked what twentieth or something overall, because you you invested like so much into that that defense. So it's it's hard to let go when you when you've you've attached some some value to that. So we'll we'll see. And who are they going to sign that's going to be better too? Like you know, all the decent kickers have been scooped up. So you're going to sign some, you know, who's who's out there? Who's available? The the, the kicker that uh, Tampa Bay drafted with their second round pick a few years ago is probably out there, and that's about I can't it. Remember his name? I was trying to think of it. To make Roberto Aguayo. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's another great Jameis Winston suggestion. Oh, you went to Florida State too, Jameis. Do you think Jameis Winston plays again this year? Real quickly. I don't know, man. I, I, don't, I don't think he does. I don't I think, think so. Yeah, based on that that contract situation, so I would say seventy percent no. Hurt. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, all right, we should go because we got, a, we got a we got a big we got a blue whale show to record. Is that what we're going to call it? Okay, I guess that's a yes. <laughs> Save it for the big show. Save it's it for blue the whale world. noise. I don't know if you guys know blue whales as well as I do, but yeah. no, we certainly don't. More on blue whales on the big show coming up next on your podcast feed pop quiz what's the biggest animal to ever live brontosaurus it's the blue whale <laughs> damn it ryan <laughs> all right see you guys thanks for listening thanks for the support bye